0: Hi, folks. My name is Les Cox. This is my first podcast, so thank you for joining me. Being a self-confessed disruptor, I see this channel, Spark Generation, as such an exciting and progressive forum for connecting with people throughout the industry. And we do have such a diverse and unique collection of individuals in our business at Kentech. However, my challenge to you is this. How well do we know these people that we interact with on a daily basis the people that can have such an impact on our lives through their choices and through their leadership in the conversation today i'm looking to get in touch with one such person reaching to the true authentic human behind the title the kentech sts global director dave tui admitting it now when dave and i first met it was pretty rocky we had a cold transactional relationship if I own it and I do own it, I had let ego judge Dave with biased assumptions without truly taking the time to invest in who Dave was as a person, understanding how his journey had shaped him and what experiences drove him and how those experiences had motivated him to become the person he is today. In fact, I'd fundamentally failed to understand where he placed value and how trust played into those decisions. So my hope for you is that this conversation will begin to build a narrative to who Dave is for you. For me, Dave is someone I have come to respect as a colleague and as a close friend. In fact, Dave too is someone I would go to war with. I'm Les Cox and this is Spark Generation. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Dave, you know, we often talk about how you grew up and where you came from and how that shaped the guy that you are today. You want to give us a bit of background and talk us through, in your words, your journey to the Dave 2 that's standing in front of me today?
1: <laughs> sure. Um, so I come from a, a town in Ireland uh, called um, Tullamore. It's a, quite a small town, probably around 19,000, 20,000 people. Uh, grew up right in the centre of Tullamore uh, in a place called Arden View, which um, is a social housing area. Uh, a lot of lot of really great people there, but a, a, a real tough area to grow up in um, in terms of uh, opportunities and stuff like that. And uh, but what I found is it taught me that if I look back and reflect on it, that area taught me a lot of resilience and grit. And um it also taught me there's a lot of good in people um, and perceptions of people from the outside are sometimes never, never the norm, which I think the world is coming to realize anywhere right now. But yeah, I grew up, uh, grew up in that location, Tullamore, basically um, uh, lived until my mid-teens there. Uh, actually grew up in a, a single parent home. My mom and dad uh, separated when I was quite young, um, about five years old, have one brother, one sister, uh, Stacy and Stephen, who are twins. And. Um, I think growing up in a single parent home in the 80s in Ireland um, is something that really kind of stood to me when I reflect back on it and, and realize how hard it is to be a parent and how hard it is to, to grow up. My mom instilled a, a really, really resolute work ethic in us and all three of us that, it, you know, you, life will pay whatever you ask of it and you should go out there and, and don't think you're any different to anyone else and, and go after that type of, go after what your success looks like or, or, or believe that you can be who you can, who you want to be. And so for us, uh, I you know in my mid-teens I, in school I was kind of I was really a skidding st- student in school. I I uh, I've I always felt I, I I could have done better until the end. And I had a I had a pretty serious injury um, in my sixth year, just going into my final year exams, um, which gave me a kind of aha moment about you know I'm not going to be this super sports star that I thought I was going to be in rugby. Um, uh, how I probably should have known that before then, but maybe that was a bit of, you know, a bit of divine intervention when I was lying on a hospital bed. Um, and I had a lot of people that then came to support me when they realized that uh, that I, I had turned the corner in terms of education. And that was really the first time that I would say that uh, I realized how important it was to be a continuous learner and to, to really pick it up. That being said, I I wasn't ready for a third level education. I I always kind of felt that if I went there, it would be a a wasted exercise uh, on me at that point in time because I'd just been through a difficult year, a lot of operations, a lot of physiotherapy, and then I I decided, you know what, I really wanted to get to the workplace and help my mom help my mom out uh, with, with my younger brother and sister, and we um, I I chose an apprenticeship. I started my time. Uh, as a first year apprentice uh, with a small company in Tullamore, and then moved to a larger company in uh, in the capital city of Ireland, Dublin, with Jones's Engineering, who who showed me a lot of uh, fantastic skill sets in terms of, you know how to uh, how, how to be safe, how to treat people well, um, you know a lot of really ingrained quality in that organisation. And it just when I started to see what we used to build, you know, big projects, pharmaceutical plants, uh, power stations, stuff like that. I really, really wanted to excel and be more and, and, and play more of a role um, in these projects. Um, so with that, I I, I think about the third year of my apprenticeship, I started going to college at night to do my bachelor's. I spent about five years working during the day and and uh, and going into uh, college at night, which was, was difficult. It was tr- probably three days a week. Uh, I went to uh, what they call uh, the Technology University of Dublin now, which is the old DIT when I was there um and i really really enjoyed it it was something that i would say cemented my love for learning which continues to this day um you know i wasn't a big reader as a child but i i'm certainly one now my wife will tell you i'm never over a book um but uh once i got once i once i i got extremely lucky i would say then in my my early college years where I was offered a junior engineering role and and I started engineering stuff during the day that I was working on at night and got a really good kind of academic practical level balance of experience and you know 2008 happened and you know I think uh, for me I had just just entered a junior engineer role I I had basically taken a step back thinking that this was going to be you know another scale for me that I could move up be a senior engineer and, and um and and kind of lead projects, become project manager, and the opportunity in Ireland wasn't there. So, you know, kind of around 2010, I decided to leave by myself, which was a very difficult decision for me. At the time, I was engaged to Susan, my fiance, um, who I met a few years prior, and uh, she 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 supported me leaving because she knew I needed the opportunity. I felt I was if I was never say the most difficult time mentally for me um in my life was certainly around that two thousand and eight, nine and ten period where we went through a lot of um I went through a lot of financial difficulties with, you know, just a lot of investment in my future that, that didn't kind of pay off in the current economy. But by leaving I was given an opportunity with um with the old Kent's organization to go to overseas, um to North America and, and work on some fantastic projects there and really got a lot of opportunity there as I um as I uh as I kind of progress my career and, you know, and married Susan in 2011, uh, you know, she, uh, obviously uh, has supported a lot of what I've done. We've spent a lot of time apart as you do in this industry with rotations and stuff. Um, I continue to kind of move through, kind of move through the, from the real construction element into the commissioning side of things. And the rest the kind of says history on the commissioning side, I've been in that since, since 2010 Um and, and really do enjoy that tail end of projects, uh, uh, kind of fixing the firefighting and, and making sure that your, you know, the project is put together in the way that was intended. I find that kind of quite exciting. Um, and as I'm, as I'm moving through the kind of, let's call it the 2014, 2015, we're, we're starting to have a family with Susan. And, you know, everything just becomes clearer about all your sacrifices that you've made, you know, the really good choices that you've made um, in order to be a better person. Uh, I would say that the early part of me living in Canada in 2010 shaped my values, and uh, you know I I really became a values person then about you know trust, transparency, honesty, who I wanted to be, and continuously tried to measure myself off that. And I just think that strengthened my relationships with you know with Susan, my wife, and with uh, with the people I started to work around. I kind of truly look back at that time as being the catalyst for changing my career when I moved over there and took that big decision to leave my entire family behind. You know, as, you know, we now have two sons, Jack and Harry, who uh, who are two years old and five years old. It's a busy house here, so it is. But, um, you know, with the amount of travel that, Kent, that we do for Kent Tech in, in, norm, in normal times, uh, it was, it was, uh, Susan had a lot of pressure on her to kind of maintain the house and, you know, be that nearly be both parents when I was away. But as I look as I look at that now, I just have a tremendous respect for the strength she shows when we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially during this time during COVID, I've been, I'm so grateful to have been able to spend an extended period of time here while still missing our teams overseas and wanting to get with them. I joined, I joined Kentick in 2018, early and originally came in as the commissioning director uh, and the commissioning director role for me was something that, it was quite important at the time because I really felt that there was a different way to do things. Um, and, and some projects I had worked on had done it that way in terms of, you know, being very, very proactive in the front end. I truly enjoyed, uh, I truly enjoyed working with EPCs um, and our clients to make sure that the, you know, the, the design intent or the vision for the project was met. And uh, I think we designed uh, in my role as commissioning director with our teams, uh, we designed a, a toolkit or a commissioning philosophy that, is uh, is quite, you know, to the forefront of of project expertise when given the opportunity. Um, and then, you know, I think it's it's kind of news then. In September 2018, I became the STS director and I've been the STS director globally now for the last two years. Uh, I just realized actually that two years have gone by less. So it's, <laughs> it's actually... Fun. It feels longer than uh, it does
0: sometimes take,
1: you know? It does, it does. But, you know, I've, I've truly enjoyed it. Um you know, we have had some fantastic teams across the world and, and I still I still look at uh, the progression of our teams with uh, some of the uh, you know, some of the sacrifices they've made, in particular in the last nine months, but they they've been doing it before that anyway. And I think about the teams in Kazakhstan and people on the Gathering Project or in Kuwait or West Nile Delta. It's just you know, it's re it's really humbling for me to see them people embody the values that you know, started somewhere with me and, and, and then me try and help them uh, or advise them on, on on what I feel it looks like, the right project looks like, not just from a technical expertise, but also from a care and well-being for our people. And I really think we're starting to hit a point here within Kentech where, where uh, you know, being a, a values-driven organization is not just a cliche, it's actually something that uh, I really feel that we're we're getting right because we're trying to look after people and we don't always get it right. Um, I would say as an ELT, you know, in March this year, which I know you're a member of, it was a difficult time for us. Very tough but, uh, time. Yeah, very yeah. tough time
0: on
1: it. Um, yeah, I know. So that's my story. That's a man, that's a
0: good story, you know. I mean, you've always been good on the gab, I give you that. But um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna actually try and stretch you a little bit here and talk to you. I know that you you know, you deflect a little bit when it comes to private and and you know, and I respect that, but you know, I met Susan when I was over in, uh, had the opportunity and the great fortune to meet Susan and your family when I was in Houston, uh, working with the BP MSA agreement with you over there. And, like, first thing I've got to say is, you're definitely punching above your weight there, my friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I 100 <I 100%> agree. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know how she puts up with you and, the, you know, what you do. And I know you take calls at all different hours of the night. You know, you talked about sacrifices and, man, I just want to, you know, probably go into that a bit and, you know, understand how you balance that, how you balance what you do and being there for your team, you know, the Steve McCullough and Mark Barry's. I mean, this is a global business and, you know, pretty much, you know, and I know as the ELT, we're on call 24-7. There is no Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. It's basically as needed, when needed. How do you balance that out with two, you know, two really energetic boys and um, Susan, you know, what you guys are moving down from Canada and the, the support and trust that she puts into you, how do you balance being a husband, being a dad, being a friend, but at the same time being this leader in a global business where, you know, close to, you know, 3,000 people, you know, in Kentech, you know, rely on you as a leader to, you know, provide a future for them. How do you reconcile that and how do you keep showing up? I'd like to understand that.
1: Yeah, Um well, firstly, it's important to point out for me, like I, I really feel that we've reached a point within the SDS group that um, I've got some fantastic leaders in the business distributor. And I'm not just talking about the layer below me, but it's important to mention that there's there's people out there going going hard to work for Kentech SDS and, and Kentech overall. Um, so they helped a tremendous amount. Um, they, they embody the values of Kentech. But I do take your point that, it does be it does it does it is intensive on time. Um, how do I manage it? I I would say, first of all, I have a tremendous amount of support, support in my wife Susan. Um, you know, she she understands the the dream and the vision of, of our business within Kentek. Um I share a lot with her on on who we want to be and who we are, and I think my family's invested in it, so they kind of understand and are extremely grateful for the opportunity that Kentech has provided Dave Tui. And it helps when you involve them in that, that they know that the reason you have to take a call at nine at nine p.m. or the reason you're up at five thirty a.m. Um, and and you were into bed late the night before is because that because they're invested in in the organisation. And I would see, you know, my drive in 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 life in terms of providing opportunities for people is not just opportunities for employees; it's opportunities for families. So, in the same vein, Kentech provides opportunities for my family, my sons Jack and Harry, and and susan as well and so that standing in it from that perspective it kind of it kind of makes it a lot easier um to, to call and, and and i don't think you end up calling it sacrifice then i think what it comes down to then is effective time management in terms of what you want to be present for and, and as you know as i spend a lot of time on, on making sure that my time is managed correctly and and you know, I I, I, I I was lucky enough to undergo some really good coaching on time management um, by a previous leadership coach uh, who helped me a lot in in being present. And you know, I, one thing I was told is, uh, which still rings true for me this day, it's it's not really about quantity of time you spend; it's it's the quality. Um, so with Susan's help, I'll you know I schedule in the time that we have for for our evening dinner with with the children or or the playtime that the boys would do. You know, if you were in my calendar, you would see that. Uh, for instance, like my well-being, um, uh, in terms of exercise, that's all in there, and, and I try and make commitments to people that I be present um, uh, in the t- in the time that I'm I'm supposed to be, uh, and try and just move through the tasks that, work- that I'm working through um, and what I'm supposed to be with, and it really it really pays dividends when it comes to family time because I, I do try and protect a lot of the time um, that I that I spend with with the boys and my wife uh you know growing up in a single parent home uh, I, i'm extremely grateful that my my two sons are are experiencing both parents and uh you know my, i i also realized it, how hard it is to be a parent in current times and and uh and and with my mum and my dad what happened with them was just a matter of a really difficult difficult uh uh period of time in, in in the country that i grew up in and, and that that stress paid out on, on their marriage so what i am is very intentional try and work through uh try and work through any of the scheduling if, issues that i might have with susan if it was travel or whatever i'm just trying to be very open um uh, uh, on what i feel is coming even if it isn't uh, and just you know making sure that that my commitment and time is met. And I will tell you I probably get that right about fifty percent of the time. Um when I fail, I tend to fail catastrophically. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, not, I can
0: understand, I can relate totally with that. I mean, you know, you always but for me off I think you screen my calls, you know, so I'm not getting on, you know, on your call list, but no, I can understand why, man, you're busy, hundred percent busy. Look, yeah. you know, I wanna also, you know, I want to explore, you know, when I see you out in the field and I've seen you when I see you getting really a different type of energy about you and a different passion comes out in you is when you're working with our high potentials in our business. And I see Dave and You bring a different thinking to our organisation and different thinking when you're engaging with those uh, high potentials across our group. I just want to get your mindset, what you're st- how you're standing in your thought process and that when you meet with those people across our organisation and where you're Ambition is with those people in our organisation. Your
1: thoughts behind it? Yeah, it's you know it is true. I'm 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 self I'm very self aware of who I am when I turn up like that. Um, to be honest with you, who I am is I'm I'm the 18 year old electrician that has dreams. Um, who wants to be something more? And and when I'm when I meet with project teams. I, uh, the proudest qualification I have is my electrical qualification and uh, my trade certificate, and the reason being is it was the one that helped me and provided a platform for me to go forward in life and, and provide for my family. Um, and because of that, when I'm standing with our teams or I'm talking to our, to our, uh, you know, our our KKDA people or Kazakhstan Development Academy or, or any mentors that I ha- mentees that I, uh, that I mentor. Really, I'm I'm wanting them just to take the opportunity that life can give you, and 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 I'm trying to impart as much kind of knowledge on them so they can believe that you know um, that that they can be the next John Gilly, that they can be the next E.L.T. member, and uh, you know, and it's I'm driven by prov- providing opportunity for people, and 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 when when I get up in the morning, I know that how I show up. Um, can make an impact to the people and projects that we've never, we've not even hired yet. So when I think about that, when I stand, you know, for instance, like Kazakhstan, when we won the TCO project, when I stand in that reality, I remember going through and you were with me on that. We went mm-hmm. through three or four things a quite intensive uh, dialogue with the client on um, presentations and stuff. And to say that that wasn't strenuous would be, you know, an understatement. We, we, it was really, really tough on us. But the one area that I kept going back to when we got our breaks was, you know, I, I even used to look at pictures of my wife and uh, kids, Susan, and the boys just to kind of re-energize me about what this was for, that if we were successful in these meetings, that we would be providing future opportunities for not only our employees, but also their families, their sons, their daughters. And so when I'm standing in the field I'm, I'm or I'm talking to these people, I'm really just wanting to send the elevator back down and, and help them help them believe in themselves and, and, and help guide them in, in, in trying to do the next great thing. And and that might not be with Kentech, you know, that might be, you might, you, you could, you could press the reset button on someone that might want to do something else. But I, I really believe in, uh, in, in developing the next, uh, workforce, um, finding the next, the, the people like me, I, you know, even though I, I, I would say I was blessed with some fantastic, um, collision male mentors in my life, uh, who probably to this day probably don't know who what they meant to me, and I'll think back to my rugby coaches, you know, Jerry Collins, John Toohey, and and I think to my prince, my school principal, uh, Edward McAvoy, and you know a friend of mine that passed away in my in my early twenties, Simon. Um, these people were really really fantastic early main mentors for me when I needed them, and and I just when I'm there, I'm 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 kind of in that I'm in that space of wanting to. Um, wanting to just be open, share with people my story and, and give them inspiration, um, give them inspiration. I, it's a funny story. I was actually with an Uber driver at the weekend and he was from uh, Senegal. And he he asked me, um, he, he just asked me about what we were, you know, who, who I was and what I did. And he had a very, very similar story, left his home, uh, was working as an Uber driver now, but had gone through his education and, and was really looking for a, uh, uh, and, he, and he had said it in his bio on Uber, and that's why I asked him about it. He said he was looking for a mentor to help show him the way. And I gave him my story for a few minutes and, and just told him to kind of, and, and imparted some knowledge on him. And, you know, I, I, I think we're meeting for a coffee next week. We'll probably give him some more, he probably want me to shut up or want me to meet me again. But, but just them um, fostering connections and, and helping people understand that, you know, you can be a better you once you have the right mindset, you know, think positively around it. But also be realistic and uh, and invest in yourself and keep going. And that's really what I'm in that with, with our with our, our workforce and uh, and our mentees. It's 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 really just about that for me, working with them to see um, and and I get yeah, and to say that I don't get anything over it's huge. I I learned a tremendous amount about, about how the new how our new people are wanting to work, who they want us to be as an organization in the ELT, they're really You know, at that moment, what I get from it is they're the chair in the room for me. I find that they open up one-on-one. They tell us what they think of us, um, which is not always good. And and, and I I really enjoy that challenging feedback, you know.
0: Man, you know, I 100% agree with you. You know, one of the things I've come to respect and admire about yourself specifically is your generosity. And I'm not talking about, you know, you're probably a guy. who will give someone a shirt off your back. But your generosity with your time, willingness to share I really uh, respect that. I'm grateful for that. It's been a help for me in my journey with the company. But, you know, it's something I've noticed that you're very generous with your time and how you invest in people. So it's great. I want to acknowledge that. Mate, I'm not going to make this too much longer for you, and I know that you're on the hook for a a lot of calls today. But I'm going to finish with one question, and probably, you know, the question you might take a bit of time with is if, you know, at Christmas time, we come into Christmas and you're sitting in the pub across from the Dave of Tui 18 years ago or 20 years ago, was it 50 years ago when you started off on this journey. I don't know. It sounds like you've been in the industry for such a long time. You know, that, um, that young energetic guy that's just come out of the technical college and you're sitting across and sharing a pint with him, what would you say to him today?
1: That's a great question. Um, what would I say? I think there would be a couple of things. Uh, there'd be a couple of practical advices around some stuff not to buy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Was it buy? <back> uh... <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, for me, uh, philosophically, I think uh, you know, there'd be a couple of things. One, for sure, I would say that these struggles that you're going through and, uh, and uh, this time that you're going through is. Uh, is meant for something. It's a journey, you know. This is not a. while it's important to be present. You don't stay there, um, and continue. You know to continue putting in the effort that you're putting in. But also, I, I would also give him a, a kind of reality check as well on on maybe taking some more time to stand and be present and have some additional experiences that I kind of I, I missed out on in terms of uh, just just. Being a down to earth, early twenty something year old, with respect to uh, you know, travel. I travelled a lot and stuff like that. I definitely did, but even when I travelled, my head was always in work. And I think I'd, I think I'd recalculate his, his, uh, his kind of mindset or to take in more uh, on that stuff. And um, the other thing I would say to him though, is I would pat him on the back and say, "Listen, you, you are thinking correctly. Believe you can be who you, who you want to be, and continue to invest in, in your values and yourself, and and." And uh, you will meet you will meet plenty of great people that will help you along the way, and, and it, it, you're not alone. <laughs> you know, um, he, it, the the big bad world out there has lots of opportunity if you if you continue to seek them out. And uh, yeah, for me, it's it's uh, you know he back then he was quite an intense individual and kind of borderline operator with a bit of a chip on the shoulder, um, which we, I had to do a lot of work to make sure it didn't come across or, or didn't come out anymore and. I would kind of point that out to him as well and get him to be maybe more kinder to people straight up front that he didn't know. He he, he still has an element to that sometimes, um, as you can attest to <laughs> about a year ago. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's uh, it's just continue and, and keep uh, at that point, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I was really starting to shape my values. And, and, and that wasn't, uh, you know, people talk about that exercise. That was a, that wasn't just a a philosophical thinking exercise for me. It got to a point where I would write them down and and really hold myself accountable when I reflected on, on an incident or on on a, on a, on an engagement or a communication that I had with someone and called myself out a lot. And, you know, that wasn't the right thing to say at that moment in time. And, so that, there was a lot I did right and there was a lot I did wrong back then. So maybe I, I'd, it'd, be a long, it'd be a good few points, I'd say, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I can
0: imagine that. Oh, look, man, as has been such an exceptional conversation. I really enjoyed your vulnerability, your opening up, your transparency, the courage you've shown to be who you are and uh, on this channel. I mean, it's not easy stepping up and just bearing all for the world to hear and see. So, you know, kudos to you, my friend, and I really appreciate your honesty. Uh, I think that's a great point to leave it on. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Kent, he's got a great leader in yourself and you're fostering great leaders across our business. So um, thank you. Thanks very much. I think that's us. Well, what a great conversation. I really want to thank Dave for showing up, being vulnerable and really putting himself out there. So please take the time to listen, also to share this conversation. It's through great conversation and experiences that we grow. This is Les Cox, and you've been listening to Spark Generation.